welcome to the Urban Christian Woman podcast, where we seek to restore women with God's truth for their everyday lives. I'm Tashika Oliver. And I'm Leah Ross, and we're your hosts. This season, we've got some exciting things in store. So join us as we study God's word, celebrate women living faithfully on mission, and dive into cultural issues through a biblical lens. You ready, Tashiva? Girl, yeah, I'm ready. All right, let's, let's go. go. ladies and welcome to the urban christian woman podcast i am so happy to be back and with welcome you, back to sheba thank you this so very you, much i know listen mm-hmm. i missed y'all triple time but i was tracking along the whole time listening to the mm-hmm. podcast with everybody else so thank you <laughs> leah for the wonderful series that you did on co-journey and i am even more grateful that we get to talk about today a new series launching, Mm -hmm. Sheroes of the Faith. And that this Sheroes of the Faith series is all women of the Bible who are lesser known. And so that's just a, I -hmm. mean, let's uncover these women. Let's acknowledge and see how God works in these women's lives and how they relate to us as urban women. And so today we get to talk about Hagar. And Hagar is a single mother. And I can totally just like delight in this narrative um, because I was a single mother at 15 and a half years old. I was a teen mom. And um, it, I mean, like just to be able to read this narrative and go back and remember God's faithfulness. And then I have tons of friends who are single mothers and mm-hmm. I'm just grateful that God's sees um, women in every facet of their lives. And so if yeah. you're listening, I love in, right? Yeah, I, I yeah. love that for this, yeah, for this series. So we've, this is our third time doing Shiro's. Yes, um, it's a staple. It's a standard Every series. time it comes back, there's a little fresh spin on it, right? right. So I, I'm really delighted that like for this iteration of Shiro's, we're talking about these lesser known women of the Bible that have these parents parallels to the urban woman today, right? So Hagar um, represents to us the single mother who, if you're living in an urban context, you are are going to encounter the single mother. You might be a single mother. God Mm -hmm. sees you. I was raised by a single mother for part of my childhood. Mm -hmm. Thank God for their faith. Thank God for my mother's faith. Um, And so even as we dig into this narrative, we're going to see a uh, an incredible example of Hagar demonstrating the faith um and the trust dependence on the Lord that is a part like almost like intrinsic to a woman who sees God and, yeah. and God sees her as a single mother. Yes, yes, yes. And for today's conversation, we're sort of doing some 50 foot you know, sort of viewing of the text because Hagar has two narratives in Genesis 16 and 21. And then she's referenced uh, a little bit later, even in Galatians. But Mm -hmm. for today's conversation, we're going to get some 50 foot view and then we're going to parachute down into the text specifically and see specifically what the Lord is saying in this conversation with Hagar. Mm-hmm. And so if you have your Bibles, 
open your Bible. If not, you can listen in because we're going to drop right in to Genesis chapter 16, starting with verse 6. Abram replied to Sarai, here your slave is in your hands. Do whatever you want with her. Then Sarai mistreated her so much that she ran away from her. The angel of the Lord found her by a spring in the wilderness, the spring on the way to Shur. He said, Hagar, slave of Sarai, where have you come from and where are you going? She replied, I'm running away from my mistress, Sarai. The angel of the Lord said to her, go back to your mistress and submit to her authority. The angel of the Lord said to her, I will greatly multiply your offspring and they will be too many to count. The angel of the Lord said to her, you have conceived and will have a son. You will name him Ishmael. For the Lord has heard your cry of affliction. This man will be like a wild donkey. His hand will be against everyone and everyone's hand will be against him. He will settle near all his relatives. So the so she named the Lord who spoke to her. You are El Roi. For she said, in this place, I have actually seen the one who sees me. That is why the well is called Birlei Roi. It is between Kadesh and Bered. So Hagar gave birth to Abram's son, and Abram named his son, whom Hagar bore, Ishmael. Abram was 86 years old when Hagar bore Ishmael to him. That was Genesis 16, and here is 21, um, starting in verse 14. Early in the morning, Abraham got up, took bread and a water skin, put them on Hagar's shoulders, and sent her and the boy away. She left and wandered in the wilderness of Beersheba. When the water and the skin was gone, she left the boy under one of the bushes and went and sat about a dist- at, at a distance, about a bowshot away, for she said... I can't bear to watch the boy die. While she sat at a distance, she wept loudly. God heard the boy crying and the angel of God called to Hagar from heaven and said to her, what's wrong, Hagar? Don't be afraid for God has heard the boy crying from the place where he is. Get up, help the boy up and grasp his hand for I will make him a great nation. Then God opened her eyes and she saw a well. So she went and filled the water skin and gave the boy a drink. God was with the boy and he grew. He settled in the wilderness and became an archer. He settled in the wilderness of Paran and his Mm. mother got a wife for him from the land of Egypt. Mm. Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you for your whole word. We're jumping into this narrative. There There is is so so much much here. So we're coming in like in the middle of like an already developing story, which is, first of all, we're coming into the story of Hagar. Who is Hagar? She is an Egyptian woman who um, we believe, to the best of our knowledge, came into Abram's family during his first sojourn in Egypt, where Mm -hmm. he tries to pawn off his wife to Pharaoh and Pharaoh sends him away after God's judgment comes into that situation. And we believe that Hagar was was a part of 
um, the household that he collected of slaves at that time mm-hmm. that went with him out of Egypt. So mm-hmm. to the best of our knowledge, that's when she came into this household and had been with them for about 10 years up to this point. And as a oppressed individual, right? That's what he I was about to say. In the household, mm-hmm. has no rights. No rights. Has no family. No ma'am. And is and is at the mercy and the will of not only Abram, but his jealous and barren wife, Sarai, who yes. sees and perceives that Hagar is is uh not barren. Yes. Because when Abram tries to go this other route, this left this take a left and try to Hates take matters. matters into your own hand for the Come seed on. of the promise. Talk about it. That God has promised. Come on. He goes to Hagar. She becomes pregnant when Sarai cannot become pregnant. So, so now we got division and jealousy in the household with the right. woman, Hagar, who's like, I didn't ask for this. Right. Right. You no, know? I didn't even ask, didn't for, ask it. So, for it. Right. So we have a woman who is not acknowledged in her personhood. We have a woman who mm-hmm. is afflicted and mistreated by another woman and even her husband. I mean, because it is a patriarchal Mm -hmm. society, right? Like Sarai is not operating um, exclusively, even though Abram is operating complicitly. Come on now, okay? And Mm -hmm. yet Mm -hmm. you have these two individuals who understands clearly the promise that God is going to give them a seed Mm -hmm. who does not trust that God has good things for them and does not trust and wait mm-hmm. patiently upon the Lord. Mm-hmm. And yet we find that in this narrative with Hagar, this Egyptian woman mm-hmm. is the first woman to trust the Lord. So we see the irony in this narrative of distrust versus trust, right? And mm-hmm. Not only is she the first woman to trust, but she believes and she cries out to Yahweh, the God that is in the text. Mm -hmm. And so we see Mm -hmm. Hagar trusting God, believing God, and crying out to God. And in the midst of her belief, what I find out, what what I see that's so profound to me is that, um, that in the midst of her trusting God, her trust is linked to obedience. And so mm-hmm. in trusting and believing God in this intimate encounter where she actually sees and has this theophany, right? Mm-hmm. This theophany, which is a pre-incarnate manifestation of Jesus Christ, right? That's right. Make a plane. Okay. Like that when she sees, she actually, it, it, the trust does not counter counter with disobedience it it goes back towards an obedience because trust is always aligned with God's mm-hmm. good plan of obedience mm-hmm. and so she goes back not only trusting mm-hmm. in God but believing what he says and operates in obedience girl yes get to 21 Leah and because we serve a God who does not delight in oppression Mm-hmm. We see in 21 that she is being Come released. On. Come on, deliverance. Because obedience, mm-hmm. trust, right, enables deliverance. Woo, that's a whole yeah. message right yes. there. Yes, okay. Yeah. 
Yeah. And so Hagar does not just have this mental Mm -hmm. understanding, but a deep dependence that only God alone sees her, keeps her, preserves her, sustains her Mm -hmm. and delivers her. Yeah. That's all I got to say right now. And there's got to, there's got, there's a great level of trust too, because what God repeats both in 16 and in 21, he says, I will make him a great nation. I will multiply your offspring. So God is repeating what his faithful promise is, even in the midst of, I know that there was a measure of her despairing, right? right? Because we're talking about how she has no property, no rights no recourse, no family. And yet in 21, Abraham kicks her out the house. Right. He's like, this is, this is just a mess now. Right. And at this point I have what I want with Isaac. So now you got to go. And, and can you imagine the desperation of that? Yes. And I love that in, in this, in this narrative, like how just, Jesus and, and as the living this? water. Can I say this? The because living water. The living water. And this is the thing is that it's so, it's so the magnitude of Jesus seeing her and understanding mm-hmm. that being a single mother is messy. Can I say that? As a former yeah, that's real. mother, it is just that's messy. Real. Whether you were divorced, whether you are, you've never been married and you're just a single mother, it is messy. It is messy. Mm-hmm. And yet we mm-hmm. have a God who still orders and orchestrates our lives because he is the God who sees us. Right. His mm-hmm. his ways are not like our ways. His thoughts are not like our thoughts. They're very higher than ours, right? And so right. to know that like, even though in our humanity, there is a level of messiness that we we can operate in, whether we are mm-hmm. oppressed, what, because some single mothers have, in, are single mothers by maybe even hurt that may be listening to mm-hmm. this podcast, right? Mm-hmm. Or oppression, maybe through rape or some type of abuse. I, I don't know. But what we do know is that there is a God who sees mm-hmm each one of uh, each and every single mother. And I love the Mm -hmm. fact that you're highlighting that Leah, even when you, you read chapter 21, girl, I almost just really want to cry because in verse 20, here it is that, that God is going to say, Jesus is saying, Hey, he's going to settle near his relatives. Yeah. On top of that, he is going to be wild of a man. There is going to be hostility and mm-hmm. chaos going on, right? And mm-hmm. yet you get to chapter 21, verse 20. What does it say? And God was with the boy and he grew. Yeah. But every yeah. single mama out here, okay? Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. You, That's your desire. Yes. I don't care if you're a single mama or you a married mama. God was right. with the boy. And he grew. I was with the boy and he grew. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I he... love Toshiba. Can we go back to 16 oh. and just even like what is here, what I noticed in 16 and 18 is her encounter with the Lord is always um, associated with water. This is why I said Jesus is the living water, okay? Come because on now. He meets her at a well. First, the, the first time he meets her at a well, 
at a spring, actually at a spring in the wilderness. He meets yes. her at a spring in the wilderness. Yes. And then in 21, he opens her eyes and she sees a well. She sees this, this provision, first of all, and she sees this movement. Like if you think of water, there is yes. movement. There is hope. If you're in a, yes. in a dry and barren place, yes. the presence of water articulates hope. Mm-hmm. And this is life. where God meets her. God meets her in a place of hope and life. Mm-hmm. And I love that you said life because what does she call him? This the um sixteen fourteen, yes. when she calls the Lord, you are the one who sees me. And then she calls the place Bir Lahai Roi, which translate to the well of the living one who sees me. Woo. Life. Being seen, not not just by anybody, but by the living one, the one the who is active one. at work. Woo. So, and I love that. I love that she is able to receive both. What what do we see here? God's God hears through Ishmael's name. You will name him Ishmael, which means which means God hears. Mm-hmm. And then she calls the Lord's name. You are Elroy, which means God sees me. Mm. So that God, God sees, he hears, he is alive and active yes. and working in her life. And yes. she trusts that. Yes. She is responding to that out of a yes. place of, of deep trust yes. from the Lord. Yes. And the beauty of names is just so powerful because it's a remembrance, mm-hmm. right? Of the narrative of like the encounter that you had with yeah. the one who gives hope in life too, right? He heard me, he saw me. I mean, like, ooh. So yeah. looking at this, how does God use her life to his grand narrative, Leah? Through mm-hmm. Hagar, there yes. will be this great blessing to the nations. Yes. And I love that God is so consistent and faithful to his word that he is going to first of all, reveal himself and his faithfulness to someone on the margins with zero power, Mm -hmm. zero social recourse, Mm -hmm. and then use that one to, and I don't even think because we have such a, our society often diminishes the value of children. I don't even think we can like, we have to remove ourselves from that lens to even get the importance of this in this scripture narrative. But the fact that the child, like children and an inheritance and a legacy and great, great grandchildren and great, great, great grandchildren, that was a place of deep, deep honor mm-hmm. that there was a there was an attachment to hope that comes from the seed, right? Like yes. whether that's necessarily the capital S seed as we talk about tracing the line of Jesus, but just hope coming from your legacy, your inheritance not being cut off. That God's grand narrative is not that he would delight in us being oppressed, but that mm-hmm. we would operate in a space of deliverance and freedom so that yeah. we would be truly blessed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, so, and, that, and, and that that blessing would flow to all people. I mean, that that's a part, for all we know for sure that that's a part of his grand narrative is that all, there would be uh, people represented from all nations 
every tribes and tongues that That's are right. that belong to the family of God. That's right. And what a delight then that through Hagar we get to see a glimpse of this through this Egyptian um concubine basically. Yes. yes. We get to see this God's communicable attributes are so clearly seen through Hagar and um wait so you got you got to track it back okay we're talking about communicable attributes now yeah 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 so we see how God is make it plain girl we are we see how God is using her life to his grand narrative but our lives are supposed to reflect the character of God, the nature of mm-hmm. God, so that it is a witness, right? That is the great commission. Mm-hmm. Matthew 28, 19 through 20, going out into all places, all nations, talking about who Jesus is, right? Go mm-hmm. therefore into all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the world. We are to be witnesses and Mm -hmm. Hagar is a witness to us Mm -hmm. through her very narrative of Mm -hmm. how she displays God's attributes. So what does Hagar display in her personhood that reflects God's character? She displays God's faithfulness. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm that will follow her and her son, mm-hmm. right? That we see mm-hmm. in 2120. And then we see God's faithfulness displayed um, as well as she goes back faithfully in a space where she is oppressed in chapter 16 yeah. as well. And so Hagar mm-hmm. echoes the character that God is mm-hmm faithful and that he is with Mm -hmm. us and we can trust Mm -hmm. that he is faithful ladies if you're enjoying the ministry and content of the urban christian woman would you take a minute to write a review and give us a rating on itunes our goal is to get truth into the hands of urban women you can help us by leaving even a one sentence review and some stars. This simple act will help increase our visibility for more women to find this podcast and resources to help equip them in their everyday lives. So girl, what you waiting for? Just go ahead and do it right now. And if you haven't yet, join our community on social media. You can find us on Instagram at The Urban Christian Woman, Facebook, The Urban Christian Woman, and on our website, which is theurbanchristianwoman.com. I think of the patience that would have had to be true in her life of patiently believing in the deliverance of mm-hmm. God. And I think that that's very applicable to us as women and particularly for single mothers. There is There has to be a level of patience when you when you feel pressed through your circumstances. Absolutely. Right? There is Absolutely. a patient and, and, and faithful belief in God's deliverance. Uh, and I well, think that Hagar no, displays that as well. It, yeah, and and I believe one of the things about the beauty of scripture is that God calls us towards remembrance. I talk about this a lot. 
Um, it, That's right. In my own life, when I'm reminding myself of what is true and good, but I also encourage my sisters who I walk with and disciple, is that when we are looking at the character of God on display in our lives through these communicable attributes, we say, we look back and we say, how is that manifest in our lives, right? Mm-hmm, how do we mm-hmm. see the faithfulness of God manifested just through this narrative? Mm-hmm. One, her son's name is Ishmael and she can say, God hurt me when I cried. Yeah. Two. Come on now. Uh, the, the place where I saw God is called El Roi, the place where God saw me. And so when times get hard, I'm going to remember that God is faithful because of what I have experienced. God's faithfulness is not a part of what we don't experience. That's why the life that we have is meant to be lived, experienced, and to be remembered. So that when we come to a Mm -hmm. place of a hard time, chapter 21, come on, Mm -hmm. It is come, not for come on. <laughs> that she remembers that God Ooh. is faithful because she was able to look yeah. at her son and see it. She was able to look at and remember right. water and see it. She was able to look at a well mm-hmm. and see it. She was able to fill in the blank. Okay. So you get where I'm going mm-hmm. with that. Mm-hmm. That it is not, yes. not that God calls us towards remembrance and the f- faithfulness. She's able to look at her own son and be reminded that God hears me. That's so good. And open her eyes mm-hmm. and see. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's so good. That's so good. So we have these <laughs> communicable things that, that those are the things that are reflected from God's character in our lives. And then the, the attributes that belong to God alone, these incommunicable attributes. And I would say like above and beyond, it's definitely his omniscience. The fact that he knows, he sees, she calls that out, right? Mm-hmm. This Eloi, the God who sees me. Yes, ma'am. He's the only one who sees all the circumstances Come and on. knows all the things. Come and on. if we trust in that, then we know that no matter what we see is just a fraction of what God sees. That's so it. we can definitely trust in this character of God, mm-hmm. even as we move forward to look at how does this story and this narrative, how do we take uh, something away that we can embody from Hagar's story today. Yeah, I think there's a clear... You want to drop on that? Yeah, girl. I feel. I definitely know that we can embody uh, Hagar's story today through a promise that when you find yourself in vulnerable situations, when you find yourself in spaces where you are feeling oppressed, you are feeling not seen, that you can be sure that you have a God that sees you. You can be reminded that God is El Roi, that he is the Mm -hmm. God that sees you. And not only does he not see you, if he sees you, that means that he is omniscient. He is all-knowing and you can be assured of that. Not only Mm -hmm. can you be assured that he knows because he sees, but you can be sure if he sees you that he is also present. Can I get an amen? 
God Mm -hmm. is omnipresent. And that is a promise. We can see his salvific work. We can see his salvation, his deliverance in the fact that he sees us because he is fully loving and just. And he is bound to act in Mm. moments of Mm -hmm. injustice. And that's why Hagar was not left alone. And for some of you who are single mother, for, for you who are single mothers who are listening and you're like, Lord, I think that my deliverance is me being married, or I think that my deliverance is fill in the blank, more money. I want to encourage you that deliverance mm-hmm. has come and his name is Jesus. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's right. And and even though we may feel the brokenness, the the vulnerability and the lack of resolve, on this side, it is resolved on the other side of glory. Amen. Yes. And we are seated yes. with him in heavenly right. places. And so right. that is... And he's working us to, to that point. This is why I love, like, when I think about the power of God seeing... Yes. Because of God's faithful character, because mm-hmm. he is just, he yes. doesn't just see and do nothing. Like That's right. If you can't see that God is at work... Then, then look, look somewhere else because yes. the, the reality is when God sees he is bound to act on yes. behalf of justice, yes. on behalf of comfort, because this yes. comes from him. Yes. And so we can, we can not only trust that, but also look and see where yes. God is working yes. uh, because we know that if he sees, then he is at work. That's right. And you can look and listen, I just want to encourage you. I remember as a teen mother reading the account of Hagar and it was a Mm. bomb and it was a Mm -hmm. bomb. And so for the single mother, for any woman who feels like they are not seen, they can look at Genesis 16 and 21 and they can know that God sees them. They can know that. They can be assured of that. And the practice, Mm -hmm. I believe, that we can really embody, we can see the promise that God sees us and see it and is is right there with us. But I think a promise, a, a practice, Leah, that we really can embody from Hagar's story is asking ourselves, does our life display a deep dependence on God. Does our life display that? When we find ourselves in moments of vulnerability, are we reaching towards control? Are we reaching towards, are are we finding ourselves being like Sarai and Abram Mm. in a posture of distrust and forgetfulness? Right. That causes us to enact our own controls and make our own decisions. Or are we Mm -hmm. going to practice a life dependent upon uh, the triune Godhead and understand that it's not a theophany? We have Emmanuel, God with us through the the spirit of the Holy Spirit, Mm -hmm. the the third person Mm -hmm. of the triune Godhead, the Holy Spirit, and that he is Mm -hmm. with us. And that we don't have mm-hmm. to, we don't have to distrust and operate in our own controls, but that we can, we can know that we are seen, known, and loved, and that we can trust, believe, and obey. Mm-hmm. Hang your hat on that. Let me pray for us, Lord. Thank you 
Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for giving us women in your word that we can look to and see just an incredible faithful witness uh, mm. that that will propel us to trust you, yes. to uh, believe you, to yes. obey you. Yes. Thank you for Hagar and her testimony of her life. Mm-hmm. Even though we see only glimpses, yes. I mean, even though her name only just barely brushes the pages of scripture, yes. it speaks deeply of a woman that you saw and cared for so Hallelujah. deeply and provided for and so would we take um would we take heart would we take courage from her story yes Lord. would we set our hearts towards reflecting what is good and true in her story and from her narrative and would that propel us to look to you yes to to know that you see and hear us to know that you are acting on our behalf um for your good and for your glory in every corner of our lives lord we pray for the single mother who is represented through through yes. our communities would you use us to display God's seeing and hearing in their lives mm-hmm. would you through us activate our lives to be a refuge, to be living water, the water that flows out of us as believers who trust in you and walk in your spirit. Would that water pour out from our lives into the lives of single mothers that they would be refreshed by your presence. Hmm. And God, we trust that that even though injustice and oppression is still around us, we hold on to the faithful belief and promise that you will set all things right um, in eternity. And so we're we're trusting you. We're looking to you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Have a blessed day, ladies. <laughs>